Welcome to The Double Shot with James and Mitch. Mitch, welcome. And uh, it's an exciting time of the year. We're nearly at the end of February uh, and AFL practice matches starting. Um, yep. Not a good thing for your mob. Well, I was going to um, say that's not exciting for me anyway <laughs> after you, you guys beat us by a substantial amount last week. Yes, the mighty Saners. Uh, so I, I follow the Saints for those who care or are interested in, and... Um, we are preseason specialists, mind you. Uh, and Mitch, you, you follow the Bombers. I follow who, the um, Bombers, and we're neither preseason or regular season specialists. No, so it's um, no. a very dim outlook. Would win, would win though. You know, James Magnuson is competing in the uh, doping <laughs> oh, doping yeah, Olympics. If there, for whatever surely. reason they opened up a doping AFL league, you oh, guys no. would uh, lead the the charts. There'd be some Essendon fans listening, swerving off the road at the moment. <laughs> <are you? laughs> hey, uh, NRL back this week. And we're going to maybe talk uh, the business lens on this, but they're mm. starting the season in Vegas, which, um, <laughs> I mean, 80 NRL players going descending on <laughs> Vegas for a week. What could possibly go oh, wrong? mate, there's going to be. They, I think the Batuta Advocate had a pretty clever post the other day where they said what happens in Vegas stays in the news cycle for 12 months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Referring to the NRL guys well, over there. But, yeah, it'll be interesting, uh, interesting media to watch after they go over there for sure. And just on the NRL, we might um, we just I want to I'm going to ask you about something because we uh, we had a coffee together yesterday and, and you you enlightened me on something that I, I just was not aware of. Mm. But before we do the uh, the NRL, how's this? Uh, had a record season last year, seven hundred million dollars of revenue, which is up by eighteen percent mm. on the year before that, mm. and their profit was uh, touch under 60, 60 million. They don't call it a profit because they distribute a lot of the money to the clubs. Yep. So it's called a surplus. But operating surplus, I think they refer to it as. Surplus, yeah, of, of 60 million. And that was that was up by 7% as well. So um, doing really well. Uh, you and I both, I think it is fair to say, fans of the chairman of the NRL, Peter, Peter Volandis. yep. He uh, also chairs New South Wales Racing. He 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 came out uh, with a drive-by at the end there, saying every other every other, exclude the AFL, every other code in Australia going broke, yeah. and, and we're setting records. How well, good are we? In fairness, though, <laughs> like he's not wrong. Rugby union uh, in all sorts. What are they like? Surviving off a eighty million dollar facility, um, A League not going great, and there's you know. Um, it's yeah, he's not wrong. And so this Sunday they'll be sending over four teams to play two games in Vegas. It'll be the same venue as where the NFL Super Bowl was held uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think capacity of about sixty thousand. And the idea is that they're they're sort of hoping that there's three hundred and fifty million people in America if they can slice a half a percent. Um, of, of that 350 million, it's it's a huge uh, additional set of eyeballs that they can get on their sport, um, and they're, they're, it's it's they're making a big bet. But I, I don't mind it because you know certainly a lot of the other big bets that they're making are paying off. Yeah, very ambitious. And and do you think question without notice? Do you think that? there is a chance that Americans could embrace NRL. And, I mean, it's never going to grow to an NFL mm. style of um, interest. But I don't know. Do you think there's room in America for, for NRL? I think there has to be, mm. right? Like you, you just don't need much of 350 million 
people yeah. to, to, to make a significant difference. That, that was sort of talking that even if they could, you know, get um, 2 million people watching from the United States, they think that that could add 20 to $30 million to their, their um, broadcasting revenue. Um, they've taken over the South Sydney Rabbitohs, which is interesting because you've got Russell Crowe mm-hmm. behind them. You've got Crown Casino, who mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, would be liking the fact that it's being held in Vegas. Um, I'm not going to pre- pretend to understand the inner workings of, of the business model of a sport, but um, I love them having a crack because obviously we're AFL fans yeah. and the AFL have just nailed it for the past decade or two. NRL fast catching them though. Oh, and we, we're also NRL fans as far as we, we like the NRL. We like both, but definitely AFL. Um, they have nailed it, but... I t- the Chinese experiment was a little bit left field from the AFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably could so have picked a better mark. Hopefully the NRL uh, goes better. Hey, speaking of um, the US, I was uh, thinking to your point, mm. I wonder what the coffee discrepancy over there is between regular coffees and ice because I've had a gutful in Australia and I've recently yes. noticed that between... It was an impassioned plea yesterday morning. Oh, mate, I was honestly thinking I paid uh, $6 for an ice long black. I, I drink- so, so to set, some, set, set this up a little bit, yes. I've stayed at the in-laws and you have graciously said, look, I'll, I'll pick you up mm-hmm. and take you to the office because I didn't have my car. Mm-hmm. You said, I just want, I just want a coffee. Yeah. I said, yep, no worries. So... I remarked that uh, you know they, they don't miss you on a on a nice long black at no. Uh, at, at no change out of five dollars these days. No, and there's no milk, no milk, just ice water. And I hit a nerve. Coffee. I hit a nerve with you, you on this. Well, in particular, if you compare an ice long black, which is six dollars, to a regular long black with the same amount of shots, there's a dollar fifty discrepancy. Four dollars fifty is what you pay at most shops for a ice long for a long black, and you're about six dollars for an ice long black. So I googled it yesterday. I said, "Well, I wonder." <laughs> I wonder what the discrepancy is. And there was this cafe owner in Victoria. Um, I don't know. Maybe some of our Victorian listeners will know the snappy grump. Um, the but snappy she grump? She said there's a hack, right? There's a hack that you can she's save. She's the cafe owner. She's the cafe owner, which I oh, thought was odd, wow. right? Like yeah. she says, bring your own ice and water in a keep cup <laughs> and just purchase a double espresso shot, which is $4. And there, I'm saving $2 that way. I, you know, there's not really a cost for ice and water from your house. They're a minimal one. So I don't know if I'll get it quite there, but I certainly have had a gutful of the discrepancy between, you know, the iced options and the regular coffee options. I don't know if you found that at all. Well, I did say to yesterday, it is a nice cup. But I don't know if you should be paying two dollars for the nice. Yeah, I think that's big the only cup. reason I think it would cost more is the cup. But anyway, we've, geez, we've rambled on in this intro. I hit it, hit a nerve though, didn't I? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Certainly, have cost of living crisis, and I'm paying six dollars <laughs> for a nice long work. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Settle down. So, James, you mentioned it last week um, in quick shots, and you did promise the listeners that you would uh, go into a little bit more detail on the main body this week. And I'm referring to the Suncorp and ANZ uh, or ANZ, you know, absorbing Suncorp and Mm -hmm. merger, whatever you want to call it. But ANZ have bought out Suncorp's lending business and in in a pretty significant move that was initially blocked by the ACCC, but Mm -hmm. overturned. So that's now been stamped to proceed. And I guess I'm um, interested in your takeaways from that and, and I guess, you know, what, what, what impact that will have in, in the lending space. Yeah, so uh, first, first and foremost, it took two years. 
So uh, ANZ made a bid for Suncorp Bank for roughly $5 billion. Now, uh, to put that in perspective, the total value of the ANZ business is $90 billion, give or take, um, today. So so considerably bigger business, ANZ, but five, $5 billion, let's say, what's that, maybe one... Uh, one eighteenth mm. of the size of the ANZ business. Yep, that was two years ago though, and um, and since then that you, you know there's nearly sixty seven billion dollars worth of loans. They'll now be brought in. It'll still remain the Suncorp business under under ANZ, uh, and it's not dissimilar to be honest. I don't think it's a big deal because you've got the likes of um, Bankwest who yep. are owned by CBA. CBA. Mm-hmm. You've got St. George who are owned by Westpac. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got? I think Ubank is owned by the National Australia Bank. NAB, yeah. Um, and, and there's probably various others as well. I think Bank yeah, Bankwest, did I mention that? That's mm. uh, so, so there's there's a, a chunk of them that do fall under the 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 big um, banks. Yeah, I um, found it. Um, I found it interesting that in the decision, um, I think it was Justice Haley that adjudicated that. Um, you know, or stamped the the, the transaction to proceed. Referenced mm. that. You know, one of the reasons he was comfortable for it to proceed was because Macquarie Bank was in there as you know growing so steadily and effectively serving as competition. So, mm. although he did note that the lending environment is certainly susceptible to like coordination and monopolies, mm-hmm. I think he was comfortable that there was still enough competition out there. And Macquarie was specifically referenced to are now the fifth largest bank, I think. So, yeah, um, you know they, they've um, they, they've been moving up the the leaderboard, and I think ANZ will go to third now with the acquisition of Sun. So a question without notice oh, for you. Yeah. Um, who do you, th- in terms of total loan size, Yes. let's let's take out the um, ANZ Suncorp merger for the time being because yep. it hasn't officially happened. Yep. Who do you think has the most amount of loans in Australia? In So the biggest loan book out of the, out of the, out of the banks. So I reckon um, CBA is who I would Correct. nominate. I've got twenty five percent. Twenty five percent, and so one in four, which is quite a lot. And and do you know what the value of their loan book is? Sorry, if, uh, this is another no, question. No, I'm not, I don't, that. I don't have that off the top top no, of that's my head, okay. but I'll I'll, I'll do some homework. Yeah, uh, who nice. would be number two? Do you think? Uh, I think that would be uh, National Australia Bank. No, it's Westpac. Westpac, wow. Westpac, they're at uh, they're at. 22%. So they're not too far behind 22%. CBA. And again, you know, the big reason for that is I think St. George is a, is a significant bank in yeah. its own right and they sit under mm-hmm. uh, Westpac. Mm-hmm. Number three, NAB at 15% and ANZ at 13%. So Makes the, sense why the they, Suncorp yeah. will, will tip ANZ to be slightly higher uh, than NAB. Yeah. What about bank deposits? Bank in deposits. In terms of bank deposits that are that are held, who, who do you think has I'd that I'd have mental? to say CBA again as number one. It is. Yep. It is exactly then, then, exactly the same amount. Yep. Um, then I mean, like, I'm just going to go the same order: Westpac, NAB, ANZ. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're right. And the only difference is a lot of people don't have their deposits with the big banks. Yeah. Gotcha. So the percentages are all a bit lower, other than CBA. Yes. Um, because other banks um, outside of the big four, a mm. lot of people have their deposits with them, and NAB is the biggest bank for business lending. They've got more business lending ah. than any other bank. Uh, more than CBA, um, which which again is quite interesting. So, so look, what it all means is uh, it makes ANZ marginally bigger than NAB, um, and it really makes Suncorp no different to a lot of those other smaller banks that sit under the banners of the big four. Um, yeah. If you're if you're a lender, I, r- I really think it makes no difference. They've still got to keep the Suncorp 
name, the Suncorp yep. offices in Queensland yep. um, because it, it uh, is part of a state government um, piece of legislation that, that dictates Suncorp has to have an office, head office in Brisbane. And mm-hmm. uh, that's not negotiable. So not a huge change, just uh, two years of, I don't know, lots of headlines unnecessarily. Some lawyers would have got rich. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, Mitch, you and I spoke earlier this week about the fact that on Friday last week I I drove into the CBD in Brisbane and was shocked at how little cars there were and uh, how easy it was to get a car park, to be perfectly honest. Mm. And it got me wondering, is it just a Friday thing or is there, you know, sort of uh, a thing where where maybe people have shrunk their their, um, tendencies in, in the big city? So you've gone and done a bit of digging on office vacancy rates. I have. We've and talked my, about residential yes. vacancy rates. And my digging included going to the property council and seeing their January 2024 report, which, yeah, coincidentally specifies all of this data. So, so what have you got for us? So you're not wrong. There has been a trend. Um, and in fact, across the nation, vacancy rates are up in terms of office building space. So vacancy rates have grown over the last six months from 14.1% to 14.8% across the country. That includes, you know, all office buildings. If you go a layer deep- really high. Yeah, it is quite high. Um, And we'll get to our opinions on all of that shortly, but I'll just Mm. sort of run through a couple of other data sets that I found interesting is that the CBD vacancies are increased from about- 12.8 to 13.5%. But where we saw probably the most vacancies was suburban vacancies and and fringe suburbs. So that was Mm. as high as 17.9%. So averaged out at 14.8%, non-CBD areas certainly more susceptible to vacancies at the moment and CBDs though still quite vacant. Um, and what about the the main five, say, capital cities? You got you got sort of Brisbane, yep. Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, and Perth. Is yep. there is there a difference between there is. those? Yep. So I think S- Sydney, for example, was um, increased um, from eleven point five to twelve point two percent. Adelaide increased from seventeen percent to nineteen point three. So those two cities had probably the biggest movement in terms of increases in their vacancy rates. Um, but Canberra and Brisbane were stable. So no change. Um, so perhaps your Friday mm. observations were just that, a Friday in Brisbane, just specifically. Um, Potentially. But Perth actually de- like decreased. So Perth's vacancy rates tightened, mm. which was surprising. So, um, yeah, in summary, vacancy rates as a whole are, are moving up across the country, but there still are some capital city markets like Brisbane, Canberra and Perth where vacancies haven't changed or in fact have tightened, mm. which, you know, makes sense because... Brisbane or, say, Queensland and WA are the only states in the last 12 months um, with South Australia that have had positive interstate migration, Queensland and WA being being the most. Mm. Um, so that, that would make sense that their vacancy rates are a little bit more durable. It's um, like one in seven. But 15% is like one in seven uh, tenancies. Yeah. And, and you do typically have a higher vacancy rate for commercial property because I guess, you know, you can imagine it's not... It's not that there's a, a handful or, or uh, you know, an, a, 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 you know, limitless amount of companies that want space yeah. at any given time. But I sort of think, though, like, is it unfair to compare vacancy rates today in CBDs um, to, say, pre-COVID? Like, I think there's been mm. a certain societal shift towards new working um, formats, yeah. less demand for office space, 
Mm. Um, and and so I think that, you know, like to say our vacancy rates are the highest since 1995 is, is factual, mm. but, you know, there just may be more people working from home and less demand for office space. So, you know, a lot of those buildings were yeah. built a long time ago and, and new buildings that we're seeing going up in the CBDs are certainly, you know, um, yeah, shifting towards more innovative spaces where it's hot mm. desking, where they're including a lot of communal facilities, office, you know, rooftop spaces and golf simulators and all of that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, um, uh, you know, a trend that we're seeing as mm. far as that, yeah, people are just flocking from the CBDs or, or it's more of a work from home. Yep. Um, either way, I think there is less demand for office at space. A, like at a guess, um, taking out, say, friends of yours that have to be on site because um, they're not office jobs per se, yeah. um, so they can't be worked from home. For, for those who have jobs that could be worked from home, how many out of 10 do you think would have at least a hybrid setup where they might work? from home, you know, a couple of days a week? I would say more than 50%. So say six, six out of 10 would have the ability to um, mm. hybrid. And, you know, that might be three days in the office, two days from home. Mm. Um, for me personally, I like being in the office. Mm. Um, so I would I would always attend the office just for the social side as well as I think you can collaborate. And I do, th- I do think in certain roles, you're more productive when you, you're within a team. Um, of course, that's going to change from industry to industry. But yeah, I, I like going to office. What, what about you? Well, I, was, I was just flabbergasted that you think you're, uh, pr- well, more, pr- more productive, more productive. <laughs> Jeez. How bad would you be at home? Oh, no, oh, no my, good. Oh, my days. Well, I was going to say, I live quite close to the beach and a golf course. <laughs> so, you know, be, be, be steaming out at lunch for both of those things. Uh, no, I'd, I'd be similar, I think. Yeah. So, James, um, some property transactions to note from a link last week or or even the week before, but Clive Palmer is no stranger to most Australians. We see him, uh, obviously, in politics. We see him in mining. He was in property development. Um, He's big on the Gold Coast, isn't he? He's always has been and and from the Gold Coast, I believe, or at least did a bit of a stint here, but he's buying up big. And um, and, and last week he, yeah, he went went hard in Mermaid Beach. What? Well, yeah, I mean, he, he's dropped $28 million in the space of a week Wow! on a couple of different properties. Um, uh, I think, uh, s- sorry, my, my apologies, $28 million one week and $17 million only a couple of weeks prior. Wow. So we're talking, what's that, 40, just under $50 million worth of purchasing in the space of, say, a month. And yes, he's bought a, a 1,200 square meter block on Hedges Avenue, which he- Hedges Avenue is yeah. like the best street on the Gold Coast who aren't, for those who aren't f- familiar, it's, it's direct beachfront. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is nice, but uh, 30 metre beach frontage and yet yeah, $28 million uh, and apparently um, has a home, but he's going to do a significant renovation. And I love this. He's the fifth richest person in Australia, according mm-hmm. to the Financial Review Rich List. of, And he's got a wealth of about $20 billion. So in fairness, 40, 50 million, probably not a huge deal. I believe he gets, uh, were you saying about $500 million worth of royalties in a year? Yeah, from his um, mining tenements, which is, um, I was just, <laughs> we were talking about that yesterday and I was just thinking, wow, half half a billion dollars in a year for not operating a mine and, and, and obviously a lot of work goes into securing the tenements and all the rest of it. But yeah, he's um, not, not yes. short of a dollar hour, man. And I love this quote. I love Gold Coast property. It's not a big investment for me, just 50 million. And I'll do anything I can to keep the economy going. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Clive. We really appreciate it. He's certainly doing that. Um, now, 
I want to go to uh, uh, again a big deal, but mm. let's let's talk one now that's on a bit of a bigger scale, more development style. Yeah. I alluded to this two weeks ago and forgot to come back to it. Yeah. And now that it is the golf course down in Cranbourne, southeast of Melbourne, there. Yeah, maybe you can give us some context because it must be one hell of a block of land. Well, mate. There's a bit of a trend I've noticed, particularly in that southeast catchment of Melbourne where um, golf courses are being zoned as general residential and have the ability to convert into, you know, housing. Um, and, and, you know, that particular catchment of Melbourne, for those of you who don't know, with areas like Clyde and Officer and, and all of that, have got a lot of, um, you know, a lot, a lot of development happening. But, yeah, mm. the Cranbourne Golf Course is for sale and has the ability to be converted to about 1,300 homes. So they reckon, subject to count, approval, of course, but being sold as a development site. And interesting that the current owners who are a, um, yeah, a, a Jewish family or, you know, a couple of um, uh, people from the Jewish community bought the site 70 years ago for 20,000 pounds. So it, I think they bought about 300. It's 1950. Yeah. yeah. So that's going back a while, but the current site for sale is about 70 hectares of which 50 of those will be the net developable area or or what they'll be able to turn into blocks of land. So Mm. they reckon they'll get about 150 million for it. So I sort of broke that down a little bit because it was quite interesting. Um, You know, $150 million and say you get 1,300 lots, you're paying about $115,000 per lot, which pretty good deal, I thought. Like, you know, if you're getting that amount, I reckon... you've just got to have $150 million. You do. Yeah, you've got to be able (laughs) to part way with it. Um, And I mentioned the trend. The, The other one that's not too far away is actually the Kingswood Golf Course in Dingley. Mm. They're, um, they're looking to put that on the market too. That one's slightly smaller, but you might get about a thousand lots out of that they're, they're anticipating. Um, and they reckon that'll sell for somewhere around 120 mil. And for those golf course nerds, it's not Peninsula Kingswood I'm talking about. That course is obviously one of the best in Australia and safe. This is Kingswood Golf Course in Dingley. Um, and what do you put it down to? You, you're, you're a golf man? As well, obviously. Like why are they selling golf courses? Do you think there's less demand or the land's just too valuable? There definitely isn't less demand. I think golf's one of the fastest growing, um, you know, sports on the back of COVID because obviously everyone sort of shifted into it. But I think that it would be a combination of a few things. I think they would be encouraged by local councils and state governments because of the housing crisis we're in. So potentially mm. you might have had some issues with um, obtaining approvals to, you know, put sport rec and golf course land into yeah. housing, which may be looked at differently today um, and obviously cashing in on something for yeah you pay yeah, using the using the Cranbourne example these guys are obviously getting a little bit older good chance to cash in on 150 million which you know golf course operator is not going to be able to pay you so mm. you're going to get a, a very good return on on your, your investment by selling it for development rather mm. than golf course operations um mm. The people that will lose out is the local residents and members of the golf course who they have considered in this transaction and will be transferring their memberships to a local club down the road. But like I would be so disappointed if my golf course basically said we're selling and you've got to go to another one. I'd, I'd be I'd be ropeable. But anyway, such is life. Well, you've been at me to um, to get golf back on the agenda and I said, look, mate, we've got to put some sort of property lens on it. So well done. I think you, you've done that well. It's um, certainly a justifiable way to talk uh, golf. It, it would be remiss of us to wrap up the pod without just touching on some really crucial data that came out last week. And it is around jobs uh, and the unemployment rate 
in Australia specifically has uh, jumped up from 3.9% to 4.1%. Uh, that is coming back from a, an all-time low in early 2023 of 3.5%. Um, it it is a good sign to me because it means that we're starting to now see probably 3.5% is not sustainable. Even at 4.1%, it pretty much means if, if you want a job, you can get one today in Australia. Um, you know, the Reserve Bank have said that they want to see, you know, an employment rate sort of 45 to 5%. What I think it does is it, it just adds to the case that the Reserve Bank probably happy to just sit on their hands for now. Um, and I, I don't think, uh, I think it's going to sort of further justify the decision to pause rates uh, and not do anything in February and, and probably follow the same in March. It was interesting. It's a great point you make. And um, there's a bit of a correlation between, you know, that and Seek's latest um, forecast for their revenues as well. Um, mm-hmm. Seek's job listings down 20% in the 12 months to um, to, to uh, January. And they have uh, effectively revised their profit um, forecasts from, I think it was about, I'm, I'm recalling this off the top of my head now, but from about 260 mil down to 220, something like that. Yep. So yeah, it makes sense. So right? it's a future lens, right? Correct. On, on where, where the employment rate might be going. And, and you've always got people losing jobs and changing jobs and, and all that sort of thing. Um, job, ab- job advertisements, you know, obviously has a direct correlation. It's the first time in two years that the unemployment rate has been above 4%. So it's, it's what, been what was two it? years of mm. almost just no uh, unemployment in Australia. I remember like it was 3.5% at the beginning of 2023, wasn't it? Which is like the, you know, Which is uh, crazy, as you say, crazy histori- low. historically low. So nothing to be worried about, I don't think, other than, um, yeah, it sort of does put the writing on the wall for the interest rate environment. Um, yeah. What about Seek, by the way? They make a lot of money. Mate, I thought that too. <laughs> I had no idea how large their revenue yeah. was. Like I'm pretty sure it was uh, one point something billion, just over a billion bucks they, they turn over in a year. Yeah, revenue revenue forecast cut from $120 billion to uh, – or sorry – Hundred twenty billion. One point one point two billion down to one point one five billion. Still a huge amount of revenue, and they're making a profit apparently on that of somewhere uh, between uh, one hundred ninety and two hundred twenty million dollars. So huge, huge profitable business. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, like it would make sense that it's profitable because I, you know, it's it's largely online based. Um, and yeah, I don't know what you subscribe well, where do you, where to. Where do you it? go if you're not going to seek well, for a yeah, job? You're not going to they've, the paper anymore, are you? They've monopolized the market. I don't even know. Is there is there an alternative to seek? I don't, I don't well, even know. If there is, they're um, they're certainly. I don't know who they are. And yeah, makes sense that seek have got that market tied up. Hey, um, also makes sense why um, the founder of seek uh, is the president of the Saints. Yeah. yeah, one successful business and one yeah, why did you extreme, extremely unsuccessful <laughs> sporting club. <laughs> hey, I felt um, sorry for us. We, 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 we often do a bit of the TV recommendations. Okay, what are, you, what are you watching yeah. at the moment? Oh, well, we're going one day and, and you, you've watched this already. Um, I'm not, not a huge fan. I've watched nah. the movie and read the book and mm. I think the TV series probably doesn't quite hit the level nah. that the book and and the movie did. Yeah, I, I watched it, haven't read the book or watched the movie, but um, didn't get through it. I, I actually yeah, couldn't, it's a bit, couldn't, it's a bit couldn't predictable. finish it out. A bit predictable. But one thing I am watching at the moment, which has got me, um, is The Last Airbender 
on Netflix. Mm. I think it's trending at the moment. But um, which was a movie as well. Which, that yeah, is a which, movie. Which was yeah. a movie. Um, great. And yeah, really enjoying that. Seems to be a trend. They're making like seven or eight part sort of series or, or seasons out of movies. Yeah. There's Have a you bit noticed of, that? A bit of a debate going on at the moment as well about how people are watching TV these days, whether they're a subtitles on viewer or a subtitles off viewer. What, what are you? Mate, we're subtitles on and the reason for that is we've got the little little one-year-old and yep. so hands like putting the volume down to 10. Yep. I, I'm only hearing every third word. But it's not by choice. If I could just put my volume up, I would. Really? Yeah. See, I'm a by choice subtitle viewer. By choice. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what it, JB's just confirming. He is too. I think I don't like missing out on um, you know every word that's being said. Like I like to get really involved in the series. Yeah. Um, is it because you struggle with big words a bit? Yeah, that helps. <laughs> and I was, I was going to say that if only they could do subtitles. More than two in- syllables. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Catches you out of it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> a bit slow, but that's all right. I'm improving. It's helping me read at a fifth grade level with the subtitles on these days. More of a two-syllable operator. Uh, very good. clap them out. Hey, anyway. let, let us know, by the way. If you, if you are subtitles uh, like us, maybe maybe that's the majority these days. I don't, well, I don't I think know. that's what the debate was t- trending towards, that the, the majority watch with subtitles on. Well, we're in that category. Uh, have, a, have a great weekend. Um, anything planned? Um, yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I've got a nice quiet trip away with a, a bunch of mates down to Byron Bay oh, to yeah. celebrate <laughs> Sounds the like a Bucks party, isn't impending it? wedding of one of my really good <laughs> friends. So we'll just golf and um, maybe some cards and, and sit around and talk. So yeah, oh, yeah. nothing, That's too, what nothing do, too crazy, I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm not going to be well next week, I don't think. All right, might, might record a bit later in the week next week. Yep. Okay, guys, have a, have a great weekend. We'll be back a little bit later uh, tomorrow with the quick shots. If you've got some questions, flick them through. There's still some, some time if you're listening, and have a uh, great weekend. See you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the double shot dot podcast. That, my friends, is the double shot dot podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.